Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. We're going to talk about building slumping sales in New York. This is kind of like a follow-up about the rent regulation episode we, we dropped earlier this summer. So hope you enjoy. Like, subscribe, follow me on YouTube, social media. And if you have any real estate questions, you know how to call. That's me, Marcus Schott. Starting there. There we go. There we go. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about an article that just came out on the Brown Stoner. It's about two days ago. It came out. Multifamily sales Volume plunges in Brooklyn following rent regulation reform in the city. So I did a video about this, I think it was back in June or July. Back in June or July, there was a sweeping rent overhaul legislation that changed in New York City. We covered it in the last video, but things like limiting how much uh, landlords can raise rent-stabilized units, how much money they can invest, and how much return they can get, uh, capping some altogether, limiting deposits, things about this nature, of this nature. But the main thing related to this article, which was the first thing that I thought, was the limit on capital improvements to deregulate apartments or improve existing units. So... There, there was an article that came down that say volume dropped about 74% from September last year. This is also a lead up of the market being a little bit softer for higher price units. Investment sales have been slumping the last two years. Things are still moving around, but not 2016, 15, things like that. So back in the 90s, they also had vacancy decontrol. So this was... Uh, Basically, if you have a stabilized unit, it's like 1%, 2% a year based on what the city votes about rent rent increases. And this is another thing as well. You can also talk to your landlord and not pay that increase. I mean, technically, they have the right to do it, but you can have a negotiation with it even if it's only 1%, 2%. So my biggest thing that I thought was an issue is, of course, the sales are going to slump. So many buildings are occupied by rent-stabilized tenants. This is good to a certain extent to help people have affordable housing. And the whole goal of this this act was to preserve the units they already have. But what I've seen, and I've seen in the past, and I've seen already, is that two opposite ends of the spectrum. One, landlords just don't invest the money into the building anymore because there's no upside. It doesn't make any sense. If they can't raise the rent by $400 by putting $40,000 in, they're not going to do it. And then slowly over time, the buildings will deteriorate. I've been in buildings like this before. They intentionally don't upgrade the units to get them cycled out, raise the rent a little bit, and eventually destabilize. Some other landlords on the other side are really good about it, and they put a lot of work into it because basically with these apartments, you need to prove to the city I spent 10000 on a bathroom or 20000 on capital repairs, and then you can 
factor that into raising your rents. That's gone for uh, landlords now and investment properties. So even before, if you had rent stabilized, you're looking at a building, say it has 12 units, six of them are stabilized, six of them are not. You have no concept concept or timeline when these units will become more market rate. Some people could be paying, you know, the, the apartment could be worth 3000 but some people are paying 300 and there's next of kin, right? So your direct next of kin can inherit this apartment. With this new law, even if someone moves out, even if it goes vacant and you uh, put a certain amount of work into it to get it, uh, you know, acceptable for the market, you are limited by the city. So it, it, there's in the Brownstone, or I think I'll try to put it up here, they had a uh, property shark graph showing that basically in the last year, this is the just by about 2 million, it's the slowest September on record for 2019, dating back about a year and a half. Um, and, you know, commercial buildings are still having a strong market, but these commercial residential buildings with these tenants are not. So, I mean, listen, I think it's some good things about limiting security deposit, limiting rent up front, limiting application fees, protecting some units, but you still need the financial incentive to get the the owners to keep the building in working shape and make it financially viable for them. So, um, I'm really interested to what, hear what you think. Comment below either on the Instagram or YouTube and let me know what you think. Is this is this rent regulation good? Is the government overstepping their bounds? Uh, we did another video just before about the regulations of short-term housing. That's a big problem because when people are occupying units, I get it, I understand. But something like this, the landlords, this is also kind of like their right to property. Like, is the government overstepping their boundaries? Um, through tenant protections. So interested to hear what you think. If you like it, subscribe. And then business stuff. I'm a real estate agent in New York City. If you need any help buying, selling, or renting, or you want one of my free guides, or you just want some advice, DM me, message me at Marcus Amadeus on social media. And we also have a team of professionals to help you with all sorts of other uh, things like lending, attorneys. And if you were moving out of the city or you're in another state. We have a nationwide network of agents to help you out. So hope you enjoyed. Bye. Have a good day.